0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 38 of the Superhero Ethics Podcast. I'm Jacob Leachich, one of your hosts, and today we're going to be talking about something that is a passion of mine. We're going to be talking about a particular aspect of it, which is the story of Magic the Gathering. We have a very special guest joining us today, Lee Henderson. Lee, welcome. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. Uh, It's a pretty good day for a Monday.
0: Cool. Cool, cool. And then, as always, we have our very own Matthew Westfox joining us today. Matthew, how's it going with you?
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks, Jacob. Um, I'm glad you're taking the lead on this, and, Lee, I'm really excited to have you with us. Um, And I'm really excited to dive into this topic because this is one that um, I think is going to be really interesting to our listeners. Um, As as Jacob mentioned, uh, uh, we're talking today about Magic the Gathering, about that story, uh, and particularly about a couple of aspects from that story. Um, and it's one that um, is really important for both me and, and Jacob and Lee as we are all judges in the Magic the Gathering program. Um, but I think it's really important that um, what we're going to be talking about are some themes that come up in those stories uh, that can be seen across a number of the stories in science fiction and, and fantasy and things like that. So um, I hope this is going to be a great show for our fans who love Magic the Gathering. Um, I think it's great for the people who like the game but have never really heard about the story. Um, and even for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about in terms of Magic the Gathering, we're going to be talking about sort of archetypes and, and story ideas that come up in Magic but also come up in a lot of other stories and, and diving into some of the, the ways those stories can be really helpful and some of the ways that can be problematic.
0: Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate you going into that, Matthew, uh, because in a lot of ways I feel like people who who aren't into the game who don't know the story, can still benefit from some of the things we're going to talk about because they are pretty universal. They, we, they're recurring themes in, in science fiction and fantasy, particularly in our culture. So for those who don't know, uh, and I'm actually going to throw this one to Lee, uh, if you wouldn't mind, could you explain to us what, what the Gatewatch is? What, what is this entity that we're talking about, uh, that we're focusing this this show on, this part of the magic story?
1: So the Gatewatch is a group of uh, characters from the Magic. I, I hate to hesitate to call them the Magic Cinematic Universe, but that really is one of the better <laughs> comparisons. Um, it is a. We
2: do have a movie coming, whether for good or bad.
1: I, I know. I don't know whether or not that is good or bad, but it is a group of. Uh, I believe it started out as five or so individuals that, uh, around the time of Battle for Zendikar. Um, correct zendikar was being sacked left and right by the aldrazi and uh the a group of them a group of uh planeswalkers the uh kind of mythical entities kinda i'm trying to i I desperately am reaching for something that would make better (laughs) sense for that A, a group of people that have you know superpower the superpower of being able to walk between planes of existence form and say you know for the sake of you know, various virtues, I will keep watch. Uh, it starts out in the beginning, I believe, with Jace, Bellerin, uh, Nissa Ravain, Gideon Jura, and uh, eventually Chandra Nalor joins them, Liliana Vess, uh, Ajani, Goldmaine, um, all whom have joined and now have formed this group for the betterment of the multiverse is more or less what their goal is. Now each character has their own motivations and their own kind of goals within within what they do, Gideon is, is your, your true blue boy scout. You know, he's all muscle, all here to help. He's the the closest comparison would obviously be Captain America in my mind, right? right. because, right. because he can do no wrong and the law is just, and you know, the law is always upheld and Aunt May, apple pie, so on. But...
2: <laughs> and, and, and I think what's most relevant for, for our story here is that um, part of what happens in the magic, the gathering sort of overarching story is that, Every couple of months, the story goes to a or every you know a couple of times a year, the story moves to a new plane of existence, and yep. then we are told a new set of stories generally about the the characters in that new plane of existence. Yep. And there were, and that there have always been these characters called Planeswalkers that can move back and forth, and thus sometimes pop in and out of those stories. So and so did... with the Gatewatch, which came up a couple of years ago, um, we now have sort of one central set of main characters for the overall story who keep going like every time we the audience goes to a new plane of existence they go to that new plane of existence and and become the sort of central focus in that new plane
0: right would would, do you think it would be fair uh and this is for either view would be fair to sort of shorthand refer to them as an extra planar justice league
1: exactly i i can I think that's pretty ser- pretty safe to say, considering that one of the nicknames that came out back when it was starting to form was literally the Jace
0: to speak. Yes, right. correct. Correct. And uh that has to do with one of the one of the characters who in that case would be the titular character of the group, but is not actually uh being Jace. Uh Jace yeah. being uh <sighs> how do I put this without throwing my inherent bias in? Jace <laughs> Jace is, I feel, in a lot of ways, presented to me as as me, as like my personal self insert into the magic story. Uh, right. Only it's me when I was a, a very emotionally unstable teenager, um, that that had a little bit too much appreciation for his own intelligence and not a much, enough appreciation for the the experiences of others. So, <laughs> how do you guys feel? So, I'm glad you actually bring that up, Um, because... I, I would
2: actually say... Go ahead. Do we want to um, uh, really go into the Gatewatch first, and then go into Jace? Sure, that's probably what fair. Say. That's
0: probably fair.
1: So, yeah, no, we can definitely touch on Jace later, and Jace is a very interesting character when you actually sit and break him down but we'll get to that right. in a little bit like you said but so each the, the other key thing with magic for those who maybe don't play is that there are five colors of mana in the game we're going to simplify that i know your judge senses are tingling but calm down <laughs> um so there are five colors there is white there is blue there is black there is red there is green Each one tends to typify its own kind of uh, emotions or key thoughts and stuff like that. White is associated with law and order, but also with protection. Uh, Blue is associated with intelligence and control. Black, ambition and greater power. Red, uh, red red-hot emotion and passion. And green is typically uh, respect for the wild and uh, producing 3 force for two mana. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so uh anyways those those are and each of the characters kind of in the gate watch is kind of a sounding board for those things there a couple of the planeswalkers have had kind of touches into other colors like uh most recently in the magic set amon cat we saw nissa obtain a blue identity and kind of develop that aspect of her and previously a johnny went from being a, a traditionally mono white to being green white more recently
2: and and i think what's relevant for for this discussion is that so you have in this group of characters very much like the justice league or the avengers or some of these other team-ups we've seen the idea is that each of these characters has a really sort of particular personality focus yes uh, and that each of them can be can do some great things, but also be problematic, but that they all kind of balance each other out. Right.
0: Yes. So, so like, so, so the Gideon character, the white character, uh, brings sort of the organizational aspect, the idea of, of teaming up. Uh, he's really big into that. And, um, but, but he also brings, um, the, the idea of there being some kind of central right and, and some kind of, of need for action. Uh, right. Jace, of course, uh, being the, the blue representative, uh, brings well his his big beautiful brain uh but but honestly also a a sort of uh level headed approach if you will mm-hmm. um so like he's if i'm gonna mix a whole bunch of different properties into this but he's kind of like the commander data to uh to Gideon's Riker because I don't want to actually compare Gideon to Picard
2: yeah
1: yeah that'd be that'd be a bit much so yeah. you know so to to kind of to kind of explain a little bit, so when uh, the Magic Set Oath of the Gatewatch came out after Battle for Zendikar, they all took an oath. And they each card has its own you know, kind of flavor text of, you know, for this reason, I will keep watch. Gideon's is, for justice and peace, I will keep watch. Jace is, for the sake of the multiverse, I will keep watch. And it goes on and on. So each one really does kind of, and of course Liliana, with the eternal sass that she has, says, "Fine, I'll keep watch. Are you happy now?" Yeah. Right. So,
2: so, so, what do you guys think is the like in terms of this idea of the gatewatch as a part of the story? What what's the positive about it? What what? How does having this gatewatch help the story? I know we certainly have some concerns about it, but let's start with that. The positive.
0: Well, it it one of the things it does that I think. Um, people maybe don't give enough credit to is it gives us a centralized focus it gives us some perspective characters uh that we you can sort of latch on to if if you're into one of them if one of them strikes you like i'm particularly fond of chandra so if one of them strikes you in a particular way you know that character is going to be around it's something you can connect with and as they're interacting with the story you can just sort of experience it through their eyes yeah. So I think that's a benefit.
1: I'm I'm going to go obviously in the other direction and I'm going to go with the more concrete example of I like not being devoured by cosmic space monstrosities. Um it's it's one of those especially once we get to the plane of Innistrad where Jace goes about in investigating everywhere. Um you know, he he's trying to figure out what's going on and there're obviously some odd things afoot and he eventually runs into the Planeswalker Tamio. Um It's one of those, they end up realizing that, oh, the thing we were trying to stop on Zendikar is here, and we're trying to now stop it, and it's, they have the ability to intervene, whereas the citizens of Innistrad maybe don't, because they're also, some of them are even found to be in thrall of what the madness is that's kind of going around. So it's one of those, they kind of have the means and the abilities to go, wait, we have dealt with this before, you know, we can do something about it, and it's been found that it's generally been very effective. They've gone to a couple planes now and have like a 50% win record on doing <laughs> good. We'll, we'll get it...
0: Hey, that's not bad. They're betting uh, 500. Like that is not Just, bad.
2: Like the Justice League or the Avengers, they're, they, they exist because these universes need them, in theory.
0: Right. And I mean, the, the, they formed in order to fight these these cosmic beings that just devour entire planes of existence because it's their sustenance like this is like they were like well that's bad for us for the people for the denizens of those planes so i guess we have to do something about it uh not quite their their formation but uh what's interesting is that they they start out that way Uh, do we have any but before i go on because this goes into the concerns uh about the gatewatch but do we have any more things that we think are, are positive aspects of
2: I I will add one positive, and I know that's much to the the surprise of some who know me on this topic, because I'm certainly going to have a lot to say about the negatives. Um, But I I do think one positive is, as we were talking before, each of these characters, I think there's an extent to which, even though each of these characters is phenomenally powerful, probably none of them would be able to be anywhere near as effective on their own. Not just because five superhuman beings are better than one, but because, as we were saying before, each of them you know, has a very particular focus that has some really great things, but also has some limitations. Um, and, and that's somewhat of a story cliche to be sure, but I think it's a very good one of this story is a really good way of demonstrating the empower of that part of teamwork. Um, and I, 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 teamwork becomes really a cliche again, but I think there is a really powerful idea of, you know, any one person who has strengths, that person, there's also some things they don't have, you know, and that no one person can can be everything, and that there's real value to figuring out what your strengths are and also figuring out where you're lacking and finding other people who can complement that in ways that I think the Gatewatch does really well.
1: The, the concept of none of us is as strong as all of us being kind of what gets
0: emphasized, right? That's a really good thought. Uh, there, there's, it's this exists actually in a lot of a, in a lot of superhero team. On media and i and i agree with you I, I like that when when the emphasis is more on here's a collection of individuals each of which is very very potent in some way in their own right but there's there's holes in them personally that then get filled in by others and they're again stronger together and that idea of them of uh you know, by our powers combined we are Captain Multiverse sounds really funny, but at the same time, <laughs> it's it's this idea that, you know, when when you work together with people toward a common goal, um, it's better than trying to go it on your own. better than trying to be the lone wolf. And that's a good positive right. message to be sending uh to uh any community, much less a community um like Magic the Gathering players. Um although we kind of get that message in uh outside of the magic story these days as well with the emphasis on pro teams but we're not going to deep dive on that
2: and i will just say on that level as well this is something to be sort of a recurring story throughout this is that the the player the player base of magic the gathering hits all ages but there's certainly a lot of youth who 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 play these games and and i think that magic is is fairly intentional about the idea that uh, well and tell me if you guys would agree with this i think when 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 analyzing the magic stories it's fair to think of them as the equivalent of of ya novels in that they are they're written to be written for all ages but they are written very much knowing that a young adult audience is going to be some of the primary consumers yes Um, do do you think that's accurate
0: yeah i would agree with that i would agree with that it's not it's certainly it's certainly not heavy uh fiction by any stretch And and that's not uh, by the way, that is not meant as an as an indictment or an admonishment of the magic story. I actually feel, especially more recently, it's been very enjoyable, very, very well written, uh, but it's it's not written to the level as to lose an audience that's perhaps uh, a bit younger. I mean,
2: I would say both Harry Potter and Hunger Games were very much YA novels as well and were some of the best fantasy or sci-fi I've read recently. So yeah, I don't think it's an indictment at all. I just think it's helpful to understand, particularly in this idea of teaching not only that teamwork, but that idea that each one of us has our own sort of special gifts that someone else doesn't have, and that when someone else is better at us than something, we can still be better at them than something else and complement each other. I, I think it's a great point for anyone, but especially for youth.
0: It, it preaches a message of, of embracing diversity, because that, in doing that, we, we are better, and that's you know, something that we, we like promoting uh over here at superhero ethics we promote diversity <laughs> yes. in cultures and among peoples uh so
1: so okay if i if i may for a moment i'm merely recognizing just so i'm merely recognizing that obviously hasbro makes magic the gathering and when reading off that entirety of like the traits and attributes and all the good things about it i just kept going wow this sounds a lot like my little pony um yeah but i mean and there's nothing nothing wrong with that it's in and of itself that's all a great thing and it's been a great story but anyways let's let's knuckle I, down I people and have start often made the... go ahead
2: people have often made the joke the gatewatch friendship is magic you know i mean it's a very similar dynamic in that regard in this case it's magic
0: is friendship <laughs> anyway so let's go on Let, to... Let's get down to diligently the... ruining things for the gatewatch <laughs> right so so what so so where we wanted to talk about the gatewatch specifically and as is often the case on the show we like to talk about things we feel are problems in the media we are we are being given, that we are consuming. And we've got some concerns with the Gatewatch. So what what are some concerns we have? Uh, what are what are we worried about with this? Uh, what have we seen in the story that makes us go, hmm, I, I don't know.
2: Well, Lee, I know as we were getting ready for this, I once heard you say the phrase that the Gatewatch needs a prime directive. Can you say more about that?
1: Dear heavens, do they. They are—so my biggest problem with the Gatewatch in its current state is—so it's great. It's great that you want to help. It's great that you actually want to interact and you actually want to, like, help. But you need to set some amount of limits on it. Um, One of the most common things that I think the modern sci-fi world has adapted from Star Trek, a great series, um, is the concept of a prime directive, you know, do not interact with a certain planet or a certain species— you know, unless you absolutely have to intervene, and right, I, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's been it's been a bit since I've actually brushed up on that, but it, it's this concept of we do not intervene unless we absolutely need to.
0: It, the Star Trek Prime Directive is there to say we're not here to to enforce our ideals, our philosophies, our our morality on other civilizations. Right um when we are involved with in something we'll do it but particularly if a civilization is is less developed which comes up in in Star Trek because they're you know exploring different planets at varying stages in their development they want to make sure they don't alter that they don't want to change the course of that civilization's history uh, and of course because it's a TV show often that ends up happening <laughs> and they're like well crap now what do we do like right. through through no fault of their own now what do we do uh or another show recently that interestingly is is brand new still has this idea the Orville also has something like this came up in in a recent episode mm-hmm. where they don't want to influence a culture by being like by the way aliens exist uh people outside of your world
2: exist and i think there's two real key points here that we, we've hit on but i want to make sure I kind of elucidated is one is this idea of sort of the the non not not basically shattering myths and not like leaping people's science forward thousands of years before they're ready. Um, and introducing them as whole Rider world before they have any context for it. But the second, and, and Jacob, you were just saying this, I think, is so important: is it, it's the not impo- it not imposing on a totally different culture the values of our own culture, you know, and that we and a sort of recognition of there may be things that we can universally agree on are are problematic, and if we see happening in another world, we might want to intervene. But that a lot of times we have to stop and ask ourselves: wait a minute. Even though by our values, this society is broken, if by their own internal values, this society is working, even in a way we find really problematic, is it our, should it be our as the sort of outside force? Our job to intervene
0: do we have a specific example of where the gate watch failed like we're we're harping on this point, and I feel like that's because there's a specific example maybe recently, maybe the last plane that we were on where
1: <laughs> so so is is
0: there a specific example where the gate watch failed in this particular as- aspect- that has us talking about this
1: oh boy would i love i to I would delve say there
0: is. Uh, just yeah, get, we we can we can spare a few moments on it, I think, because it's important. Yeah, let's to... not go too
2: deep, but let's talk about how cat I think is the one we're all talking about. Yes, kind of a yes. a world within a a clear sort of uh, references to Egyptian mythology. Um, What do you guys think happens there in terms of the Gate Gatewatch um, violating this idea of what we think they should have of a, a prime directive?
1: So so to kind of start off, it's actually kind of funny because more or less in the story, one of the other Gatewatch members, a Johnny, outright tells them, "Don't go to this plane." Because the the big bad we're chasing, Nicol Bolas, uh, is, it's his plane, and he has control over it, and they go there, and almost a total party wipe, no fewer than three times, uh, within (laughs) the first story, and are literally saved by an act of god when Oketra, one of the five gods, saves them. Um, This is, so, they proceed to discover things about the culture that there are trials that people undergo and basically their lives are they do the trials you try to prove yourself worthy to the god pharaoh who spoiler i am going we are going to have spoilers here for the amankat story if you have not read it
2: uh, (laughs) is is
1: nicol bolas um and they eventually discover that not not all is right on Ammoncat because the because fir- Gideon, one of the members of the Gatewatch, undergoes the trials because he wants to see himself bettered as a person and as a warrior. So, anyways, I, I will stop digging too deep into it. But more or less they find out that uh not everything's alright, you know, behind closed doors. They they find out that people are being sacrificed, or Thunderdome is literally happening, where the dead, right. you know, whoever is found worthy is then killed by by the red god Hazaret, and then they go to the afterlife. There's a whole thing there, but the whole point is, is that, you know, they're horrified to find out that, oh, people are dying and people are being sacrificed. Right. And we would look at that, I'm I'm fairly certain, and go, This bad, we need to fix. Like and right. the gate and the Gatewatch go about doing that. And there was already a group of people on Amonkhet that were kind of raising eyebrows and going, something ain't right. You know, all this math isn't adding up. And uh, they end up encountering a new character, Samut, uh, who is eventually found to be a planeswalker. She didn't know it, though. And she basically is inciting rebellion because, you know, the, none of this adds up. Why are we fighting for the right to die? And right. it, it's it's this this whole big story But the big thing is is that the Gatewatch then tries to intervene, and they do, and right about the time that things start going, you know, in terms of revolution, Nicol Bolas shows up. Now, for context, Nicol Bolas is the equivalent of an endgame boss. He has 15 (laughs) health bars, he has a spam AOE insta-death attack, and so on and so forth. Nicol Bolas is one of the proto-Planeswalkers, one of the very first. And is one of the most powerful. And in the story proceeds to whoop, whoop, opens a can of whoop and just beats all the Gatewatch fairly soundly. To the point that now in the story they are scattered. You know, they all, planes walked away so that they didn't die. And Bolas just comes along and just mops them up. And then, but also while this is all happening, the entire plane is more or less leveled. Like, the people are dying, the cities are being destroyed, uh, the protection that was put in place is now gone, and it's heartbreaking. And it's all because—I mean, granted, this is not to say that this wouldn't have kicked off when Bolas came back, because that was so foretold. But at the same time, you can't help but wonder, did we maybe speed this along? Yeah,
2: And I think that's really the key there, because uh, I mean, it just kind of connected to other store or you know stuff in our own world. Like in the um, in the activist world, one thing that gets talked a lot about these days is sort of white colonialism of activism. You know, which is where like white you know white people in America or Europe will look to a country that um, you know is having some real problems, and instead of trying to like work with the people on the ground to say how is this problem like violating your values and how can we help you build the system you want to see in your own country, it becomes the outsiders imposing their own values and their own wills and often not even realizing that what they're doing is just going to make things worse for everybody. Exactly. Um, and I think to me, that's exactly what I see happening with the Gatewatch is, you know, we, we eventually learn that even this system is more corrupt than it seems, but the Gatewatch originally, they don't know anything about the corruption. They just think even if this system is exactly what it is... involves human sacrifice and bad things so it has to be wrong right and i
0: have a a meta concern slash complaint about this particular aspect of the story Uh, and it's that it it is just that that they come in they start imposing their will on this world on this foreign culture and then the story vindicates them by saying yeah bolus messed with this plane a while ago and things aren't right you guys were right you were you're vindicated in this way in, in your actions, and yes, the consequence of their actions is uh, the, this desolation of of the plane of Amunet, perhaps earlier than it would have happened otherwise. Although it seems pretty obvious that it was going to happen regardless, because Bolus was <laughs> he he was making a, a factory he was making a factory of stuff, and he decided he didn't need the stuff, so just you know nuke it and start over. Anyway, um, th- this idea that um that they were they're interfering with this culture and then the story effectively says yep they were correct to do that because this stuff was happening and it was sort of a cart before the horse they have found out beforehand more definitively that yes this this plane has been corrupted uh by something and is in things aren't as they are supposed to be then i can get behind them deciding that they needed to fix it Right to try to yeah. restore whatever old culture or or help the people uh restore their but 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 just going in and saying this doesn't match with our ideals, so we're going to again impose our will our belief system on these people because we don't agree with what's happening here Ugh, that just really bothered me
2: yeah I, I I agree with that, I think because it and this kind of feeds into one of what is another one of my concerns is that. Um, it really plays up this idea that I think we often see in fiction that I think is, is really ethically problematic, which is this idea of people needing a savior. Um, you know, because to me, the by far the most interesting character um, in this world of Amenket that we just discussed, um, and the most interesting story is that character of Samut, the character who is starting to, who is in the world, who has lived in this context, and is starting to see the problem for herself, and is starting to try and, and raise up those people herself. Um, And and I think what we often get in in history – what we often get in our stories, both fictional and often even in in the way we tell historical stories, is we don't talk about the public movements. We don't talk about the growing ranks of of anger and and discouragement and and disillusionment among the people and how they all started to sort of work together. Instead, we get this great man of history idea of – you know, one one person comes along, often from the outside, and says, "Let me te- let me bring you all to freedom." Um, and and to me, that's exactly what this is. It, it's five great people of history, but but it, it's 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 te- they're attempting to save Amenket without even really trying to get to know Amenket or trying to get to know the people of Amenket
0: And before we go on to to a particular great man. Of, uh, of history, I guess you could say. Lee, do you have any any concluding thoughts on our concerns about the Gatewatch as an entity and, and their actions in the magic story and how they're presented to our, us as the audience?
1: I, I did kind of touch on the big one and that's that they kind of need a directive and they need to kind of not just step in and interfere. The, the big thing with that is that I feel like they were pseudo-rewarded for intervening on Inastrad when all the shadiness was going on, and that kind of gave them this idea, I'd like to see them eventually develop into... Obviously, like, we want to evolve into the best versions of ourselves, and it'd be nice to see them, you know, go, look, we know awful things are happening, and we know that these things are terrible, but we can't interfere. That That would be my biggest concern, and really the only concern I have with it. But I mean the characters are written to be flawed for a reason. No one likes right. someone who's perfect, but that's, that's my big main concern for the gatewatch at this juncture.
2: And, and I would say that I, I, I want us to dive into Jay specifically, but I, there's one other thing that it, that really hits it for me. And this is probably my main concern, which is that, um and, and understand this, you have to kind of understand the larger context of magic stories. It it used to be that when we went to a plane, all of the stories were about the people on that world, told from the perspective of the, of the people of that, of that world. You know. So it was all sort of internal to that world. Um, what we now get is the wor- whatever new world we go to, we get it through the eyes of the characters of the Gatewatch. Um, and I know this seems innocuous, but to me I think it's a very important thing, and it's a really problematic thing in any kind of fiction, because what we're now doing is setting the Gatewatch as the normal. We're setting the Gatewatch as the kind of default. And instead of it being just a day in the life of a guy on Amenket, it is our characters going to Amenket and saying, oh, how strange and weird and exotic this is. Um, and we're not getting into the theory here, but like, there's this whole concept of uh, the, the othering of different cultures. And that like, particularly as white people, we often read about and talk about Asian or African or other cultures that seem different. And instead of ever just trying to experience those cultures in their own ways, we just we just read about them through our own eyes, and we we make movies about a white character who goes to Asia instead of just telling a story based in Asia. Um, and, and to me, I think that's my main problem with the Gatewatch is it's just it's replicating this this idea of um, telling a story through the eyes of people we know instead of telling the story through the eyes of the people in that own world.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And it's something that we see in, in other forms of fiction as well, as, as you mentioned, things like uh, Hollywood sen- uh, writes a movie or, or gives us a movie where it's somebody who's supposed to look like, like you or I, although it's a little bit tone-deaf in American culture given that you or I can be a variety of different races and and uh, ethnicities, etc., and cultural backgrounds. But they, they send a, a white dude over to some place to experience that culture, so we white dudes have a perspective character because it's one thing that we really need it's another person that looks like right. us um but it, that idea in the magic story in the context of the magic story is not so much about about race as a, it's as it is about uh people who come from radically different cultures because they literally come from like different dimensions right. different planes of existence and they're you know like uh, Gideon came from a place with with gods as well, and there, that's a whole other aspect to the story that we don't have the time to deep dive into. But he he conflates the Amonkhet gods with his gods, and then like starts noticing differences. But like his initial reaction is what, uh, because he wasn't particularly fond right. of the Theros gods. Because to be perfectly honest, <laughs> especially Heliod, kind
2: of a trick. And, and that would be but... a fascinating story in and of itself. If we started by learning about the Amunkit gods in their own context and in their own way, but it's yeah. that we only learn about the Amunkit gods through the eyes of Gideon and how they're different from his own gods, and that's that's I think the the idea that just is, is really problematic.
0: Whereas we got a uh, we got Heliod as Heliod, we know exactly what he's on about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in Theros.
2: So so with that uh, should we move on to uh the grandmaster Absolutely. Let's
0: let's move on to so we're we're going to talk about one specific gatewatch character uh the one I already mentioned earlier uh which is the character of Jace um and he's one of the first uh planeswalker cards that that magic printed that that the game actually put out and said here you can actually play with these very powerful entities now um and since his inception has uh, been sort of an an archetypal smart guy, right? Uh, In a lot of ways. Um, There there are some very positive aspects about Jace, uh, and following our molding from before, I'd like to talk about what what we like about Jace as a character first, before diving into our concerns about this particular character in the media that we are meant to digest as Magic players. Um, So I guess uh,
1: uh, I'll I'll take point on this. Um, Jace is actually... He has... There's a lot of... The problem is, is that there's not like... It's not like you can point to Gideon and go... Here's what's good about Gideon. Gideon likes people. Gideon defends people. Gideon is self-sacrificing. So on and so forth. Jace is probably one of the more... Nuanced characters, in my opinion... Because of his his story. To kind of... Too long didn't read. Um, He originally grew up and was found to be... A telepath. And he was very confused... And was even bullied for what he was doing, and he eventually found that he could mind control people. And this leads his parents to giving him a mentor in the Sphinx, uh Alhamret, I believe. Correct, Alhamirit. Alhamrit uh the just one of the uh, Sphinxes on his plane. Um long story short, if you can't see the obligatory double cross coming, uh You need to read more fiction. Um, It is eventually discovered that Alhamaret has been sending Jace on covert missions, but then erasing his memories. Kind of sculpting his brain, as you will, his memories, to kind of be the perfect servant for him and his ambitions. Um, So, Jace then basically gets into a mind duel with him, and basically it blows out his memory, but he succeeds. So jace then planeswalks to ravnica and ravnica becomes his new home plane um throughout magic story jace has there have been a lot of things where jace has been the one that has been followed and for the most part he is one of those people that he does he does well in the end yes he does his investigation yes he has his own quote his own quibbles about things but in the end jace tries to do the right thing at almost every juncture um you know, and this is all with the snark and wit that comes with him, and honestly, I feel like that is one of his more defined personality traits, is that he he's the genius that we all knew in high school. He's the, I'm literally so smart that even talking to you is a chore. You know, you are right. so beneath me, and that is one of the more personality traits that they tend to harp on, is this concept of I'm smarter than you, and to be fair not that there's there's a fine line between overconfidence and just being confident in who you are and no for the most part jace really is that smart and that tactical right but anyways i i don't want to get into too deep of a a crunch on him but one of the things about him that honestly i would argue is a good point is that he is a very nuanced character um but also that in the end he does he does right he the, the comparison I make, and please, Nathan Fillion, if you're listening to this, please forgive me, is he reminds me very heavily of Captain Mal from Firefly,
0: but
2: huh? minus
1: the
0: charm. You
2: know, okay, they're, they're both... I, I will admit, I had, I was like, where are you going with this?
0: Minus um... double the charm, I would argue, but I, I think I see where you're going with this.
2: I <laughs> don't know. Like, he's witty
1: and fun—not funny. He's witty or tries to be witty. But it's one of those—Captain Mal especially is one of those kind of conflicted but nuanced characters. But in the end ends up doing the right thing, as we see with, you know, his—anyways, the Firefly episode can happen another time. But it's one right. of those—every that every time I would think of Jace, I was just like, this is the character I keep coming to. I mean, the other— Probably the better comparison is actually not Captain Mal, but hilariously enough, another one of Nathan Fillion's roles, which was Cade Six from uh, Destiny. Cade's a renegade. Cade kind of does what Cade wants. Cade has a gambling problem, so on and so forth. And he's he's got a lot of problems in and of himself, but does the right thing.
2: So, Lee, I would say two things. First of all, um, Jacob and I are constantly talking about how to generate more Facebook and Twitter interaction with our with our um audience um i'm fairly certain we're going to get a number of people having very strong opinions about whether jace is uh, like uh, captain like captain Reynolds. mal so <laughs> i really want to thank you for that um and please folks <laughs> um if you agree with lee which um, um no one i shouldn't want to hear from you and if you disagree with lee let us know too but i i do see your point though i'm i'm not quite sure i'm with you but i do see your point hey no yeah um, that's
1: that's the point of discussion
2: but no for sure um and i just wanted to um to highlight though something you said earlier which was when you were talking about um, how J- Jace is that geek, we, the, the the hyper-intelligent, smartest kid in his class that we all knew in high school. Um, and I think one of the things that is important, and I, I, I'm defending Jace here a little bit, which is, I know, shocking to many people who know me, because I'm pretty critical of his character, um, as I think we all are in some ways. In some ways, I don't think Jace is the stand-in for the geek we knew. I think that knowing the people who mostly play Magic and who read Magic jace is the geek that we were um i think i I think that the idea is that a lot of the magic player base and i know certainly this was me were the kids who were fairly smart in high school and were bullied because of it um and and we're often sort of uh um and and i think this can be both a a plus and a problem but sticking just on the plus side i do think especially in that kind of ya fiction there is value in having a real role model for the kid who's getting picked on because he's the smartest in his class or or her class, uh, I'm saying his because it's Jace, but certainly any any person of any gender could um uh, uh uh could relate to that. Yeah,
0: or one of them. They don't they don't necessarily have to have that level of conceit. Uh, sure. So, and, and this is one of the things about Jace, and I think it is what actually uh, pushes my buttons the wrong way, because i well, more... we're getting to the problems. Good. Well, well, well. I mean. It's it it's transitioning from something that I agree is is positive in that it's it's a portrayal that is is possibly necessary for the audience, uh-huh. um, but at the same time for me personally, uh where, where I struggle with it is that, not to sound conceited, I was a pretty smart guy in high school. Um, I was not very well liked, and one thing that i came to realize much later in my life was that i was not aware of the i was not aware of my own pretension or my own conceit at the time and that actually was reflected in my behavior which i also was not aware of i wasn't aware that i was doing these things and so when i look back at my behavior in high school and then i look at some of jace's actions in the story I cringe at the similarities because I recognize that as an earlier part of myself that I yeah. now dislike. Because I, I wish I could go back and say, look, you don't need to be a jerk to these people, and I know you're not trying to be, but it, that's how it's coming across.
1: I'm sorry, I'm trying to envision the reality where you're a jerk, but I, I just <laughs> currently cannot. Um no it, and I, I completely It definitely
0: completely. existed. Lee. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I, I complete one hundred percent agree with you. I feel like Jace and this is where so I, I completely agree with that assessment of Jace of he's kind of the, the the maybe not so better parts of our lives when we were originally starting out. You know, and yeah. especially in high school, it's like who wouldn't go back and redo high school? I mean, high school is just Oh, I wouldn't feel, <laughs> it was awful. Mindfield of again. regret and all just all sorts of awkwardness. But like so the big I guess the big rebuttal I have to that is so it's good that you can identify like, you know, those are parts of me that I didn't like and having my greatest hits of jerkery on display in the magic <laughs> story. It's just kind of like uh-huh, uh-huh, and you're just like cringing is good. But at the same time, one of the things that I feel they've been trying to do better with recently has been making Jace an actual, like, flawed character, and kind of kind of showing him and knocking him down a few pegs. Because, like, just a brief run over of this is, so, Bolus hands it to him pretty hard, and outright taunts him, and just knocks him down several pegs when they fight. He he basically almost kills Jace, and, you know, Jace goes away in an act of self-preservation, despite wanting to stay and help. Um... And then Jace planeswalks to Ixalan unknowingly. Um, while on Ixalan, he kind of comes to terms with the fact that he's lost, that he doesn't know what he's doing, and that he doesn't necessarily always know best. Well,
0: I, 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 I want, I want to. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't. I don't want to. I don't want to deep dive onto that yet because we. Fair enough. Well, let's let's get into some of our our other concerns. But I do want to talk about the development of his character on Xelon, there because there is a point in there that that is missed. Well, anyway,
2: sure. But but I I just want to piggyback on because because I hear where you're, we're you're going, Lee, and I do think they make they, they adjust for the character a little bit. But I think Jacob makes a great point about how we can look to our own behavior. But I think there's something even bigger there that I want to get into, which is that to me it's it's not just that Jace can remind us of, oh, the silly things we did in high school and we grew out of, and so it's not a problem. It's that I think there is an element within our geek, I mean, in our geek world, we are, we, are, we are not the happy idealistic world of board games and card games and video games that all of us kids who are teased in high school can now run to, and there's no problems. Um, there are huge problems of misogyny, of elitism in the geek world, um, that is often driven by what we often refer to as kind of the, you know uh, 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 the geek the geek entitlement idea of I am so smart I know best uh, and I don't have to listen to anybody else and anyone who challenges me or critiques me I am going to fiercely attack um, and in our world we see some of the worst trolling and harassment especially online uh, especially of women who ever try to post different ideas of things like this. Um, now, I'm not by any means saying, like, they all read about Jace and become, geek, become, become like that. But I do think that in, the, in a context like that, in a context where we are, we are so hard fighting against these, stereo, these, these ideas of, I am smarter than you, and you teased me when I was a kid, so now I get to have all you – no, know, I should have all the power, and things would be so much better if I ruled everything. I, I, th- I, I find a character like Jace deeply problematic. Um, And he's not the first by any means. I mean, you can go all the way back to, you know, kind of one of the grandfathers of science fiction and fantasy, Robert Heinlein. All of Heinlein's characters are characters who believe that they are smarter than everybody else and that they are better than everyone else. And if they just had the power, then everything would be okay. Um, And I had those daydreams when I was a kid. I think a lot of us had those daydreams as a kid. Um, I think, as Jacob said, a lot of us learned to to realize that's actually not a very healthy way of thinking. Um, And to me, the problem with Jace is... Jace is all about that kind of thinking um, and and without any – without really any attempt to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is not actually a healthy thing.
0: And then moving uh, moving back actually because uh, I'm going to uh, bounce around uh, a bit on this I've decided because one of the things – so it's, it's good in my opinion to have characters with flaws in media. I think we can all agree right. on that, right? We Matthew, you and I have talked about this uh, at length about how characters that are not like – presented to us as paragons are more interesting right and so these are right. things that we see in jace that we're like hmm, that's that's a problem to me but that is a real person right there there are people that are like that so it's it in some ways is a, a, a good thing by the magic story creators that they that they've presented us this character where where my concern lie is that the magic story is self-aware enough to realize that these are flaws in, and it's presented in such a way that the reader can take it as, okay, this part of Jace is good and and being celebrated, and this part of this character, not so much. This part of this character is, is something that we shouldn't sure. like, um, which i I think Jace would be a great antagonist. Jace would be a great anti He has been an antagonist in the story in some mm-hmm.
1: ways. Yeah, I, I almost... I I almost kind of agree with Matthew though that I think he would work better as kind of an anti-hero because he's he's there he is working towards his own means but at the same time he's not you know on the oh we're going to have a bonfire and the wood is like women and children you know he's not megalomaniac right. you know nya, nya, ha, 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 you know finger finger tent you know going yes right. yes he's yes, he's that not
0: man. actually <laughs> a villain
1: right
2: no, yeah. he's there's, there's no mu- there's no mustache twirling right. to use our favorite phrase. For oh, that kind of yes. the
1: <laughs> such a great phrase. But no, I think <laughs> Jace is actually a very interesting character, and especially if we kind of break down his story and analyze it a little bit, Jace has been through some crap. Oh, yeah, you know, not to yeah. not to use some foul language, but Jace has been through it, and you know, my just a little bit of context and background. My undergraduate was in psychology, and I have that has definitely opened my eyes to a lot of things and seeing kind of like what precedes certain behaviors and Matthew I actually want to thank you because there was a phrase you used at one point on I think it was the you know what about hero it was the you know what happens when a hero fails it was the phrase hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. and I right. I just I heard that and I'm like oh my gosh that is exactly that is dead on and Jace, you know, has been through mind destruction no fewer than two or three times. Um, he's had to deal with the constant repercussions of just being a planeswalker, and you know, not to not that you know, it's so hard having all this intelligence, but in it's, power, it, it, you know, in power, he's he has definitely made it come across that like this isn't easy, and even for someone of him and his hubris, he has been very. He's had a lot of problems kind of coming to terms with his power, and still, even as an adult, is struggling Mm -hmm. to kind of find that identity, you know, maybe he is an anti-hero, maybe he is the hero that we all eventually develop into, you know, not as ridiculous as Gideon in his gung-ho, you know, making sure the world is protected. And the only way to do that is big muscles and abs, you know, is kind of,
0: (laughs) I think that is a very reductionist portrayal of the Gideon character, but I'm going to let it stand because we don't have a lot of time.
1: Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But so like, I I think Jace to kind of close, Jace is a very flawed character and he has definitely been victim of a lot of circumstance that has just been
0: awful and, and i'm really glad you brought that up because that transitions into my primary concern with the character of jace I set aside all the stuff that reminds me of so so set aside all the stuff that reminds me of you know things i'm less proud of uh from, from earlier in my past throw it that way. that's not my biggest concern with the character of jace i agree that that uh jace has demonstrably been he's seen some shit right he's seen some things um but uh, to use the word you were avoiding. But the thing that bothers me is that he gets amnesia the way you or I get Chinese takeout. And it's self-imposed, <laughs> yeah. right? He edits his own memory, like not infrequently. And yes, he, like, it's, this is him flexing his power, right? He's flexing his muscles. But sometimes he does it for things that he'd rather not deal with, right? And that's it phenomenally unhealthy and as as somebody who's who's studied some psychology i'm sure you would agree lee that is very unhealthy to take take problematic experiences and like throw them away like yes it's very powerful and an empowering idea that you can just get rid of them but here's the thought maybe you could just learn from it instead and then his behavior would make more sense to me if he was carrying all of this but he gets rid of a lot of it
1: that's honestly one of the bigger points in the judge program as well as just real life is it is generally more healthy to learn from things and accept your own failure failures than to just auto wipe and go, Nope, everything I did was perfect and I'm not going to think of it any other way. Like I'm actually not inclined to disagree with that just on who I am. Um, Yeah. So I think, so I guess in closing with Jace specifically is my biggest problem has not been the character of Jace, but more how he's been written. Much like Jessica Rabbit, you know, I'm not bad, I'm just drawn that way. Right. It's, <laughs> it's that concept that Jace is on a. I feel like Jace is on a longer path than what he has. than a lot of the other planeswalkers. He has a lot more room for meat and depth and development than Gideon, who's kind of already convinced of who he is. Chandra, who has kind of learn to tame that fire in her but also let it out at times nissa i also feel is going to be one of the more interesting characters in the in the goings-on you know as well as you know all those other tertiary characters but i think i think jace is on a road and i think what wizards is doing with him right now is slowly getting better i feel like he is because he learns a lot on ixalan and has kind of learned i mean spoiler alert he literally makes friends with someone who he had a fight with you know yes probably but, a year or two ago but that was so after was those, he got a complete
0: brain dump he doesn't know who he is for ask, the person he yeah. fought with has to tell him that so that cheapens it a little bit in my mind uh but what we're gonna see actually as the story comes because he's just gotten all of his memories back i'm really excited about it uh but like to, to see what what happens, how he how he reconciles those two things, because I got to tell you, Lee, uh, and I know I, I we've we've talked about this, and I don't really like the character of Jace. I loved Ixalan Jace so far. He's
2: so earnest, yes, exactly.
0: He's everything yes. I like to be.
2: Here's the two things I would add to that. One is that I I I am finding I like Ixalan Jace a lot more, but but I find it really hard because I sort of feel like. In, in it some could all ways fall apart. Well, it's not that we could all fall apart. It's that we're we're getting this entirely new character because he had a sort of like install new mind software, start again. And I feel like it's actually really unfair to these other characters who he did really bad things to in earlier stories. And they're forced to just say, well, oh, he's this different character. Let's start again. Well, um, we'll see. Yes, we, we'll and see. we're going to
0: see how that works out. We'll, we'll see well, if the chickens but, but come home to roost. yes. <laughs>
2: Here's here's the other part of it for me. And I accept that I'm, I might be in the minority here among the three of us. You guys were talking about him being this really interesting character. And I think that's where I just don't see it, because more than anything, I am just so bored of this kind of character. I feel like we get this hyper intelligent, smarter than his own good, gets picked on, but really everyone should be listening to him. And eventually he gets to save the day. We we get that story in science fiction and fantasy so often, again and again and again. And I just, every time I hear Jace, I hear wizards going back to the Jace well, I just think, why are you guys being so lazy? There are so many more interesting stories you could tell, particularly ones that are not so problematic. To me, the Jace story, it's just, it's that white male entitlement story we get again and again and again. And in a world where there are so many other interesting kind of beings and races and 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 types of things you would get i i i i just i I can imagine that we can get a redemption of this character, but it just seems like such a waste of story time instead of just saying, "Okay, we had this character he he was smart, he had some flaws. let's now move on to something else."
0: To, well, so, so I guess. Sorry, go ahead, Jacob. I was just going to ask if uh, if your your main dislike of Jace is actually that he he triggers your uh, Wesley Crusher trauma, <laughs> because that's what it sounds like to me.
2: For for me, it's not my Wesley Crusher trauma; it's my Ready Player One. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know that's a whole story. You and I are going to have it at a different time. It's and it's kind of what I was saying before. I think if we didn't live in a world. Where I was seeing entitled geek boys do so much harm in so many real ways, I'd probably be a little more sympathetic to this character. But I feel like at this moment in the sort of cultural zeitgeist, we have had too many of these characters, and I'm really ready for. You, something.
0: You think he's the character that, that the magic player wants, but not the character the magic player needs.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm, yeah,
0: just, I'm just I'm full of cliches, of, cliches just say He's Batman, like.
1: <laughs> so I I think I can identify a little bit with that. I. So I, I am a person that I hate unresolved story arcs, which is exactly why I hated Lost. Um, right. Lost was just a quagmire, but I want to see Jace get some kind of resolution, at least for now. And I agree that we could probably table him for a little bit because, you know, I'm I'm going to be honest, my big thing that I want to see happen, I want to see Tamio Narset God Squad go, you know, complete awesome on a plane because Narset <laughs> narset and tamio know each other in the story Mm -hmm. and narset has been a character that i've wanted clarification on and just been like yo what's going on with this because she's a very interesting character for a lot of reasons a great example of
0: diversity in the magic story too uh with narset
1: right even even well and like even look at it like narset at the very base is we would say you know of asian descent right am i incorrect in saying that okay so she's so we have that going for some kind her. of Southeast Asia of, thing, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. It, you know, something like that. But the other, more subtle thing with her is that very early on in her kind of her new arc story, not the the former arc story, it involves time travel. Just go with it. Um, is that she is shown to be
0: neuroatypical? Mm-hmm. Or that's a, a that's what I was important. referring to by by diversity, because that was to me just incredible that we we got one of those characters
1: it it was fan-freaking-tastic i loved reading it and going this is an actual like compelling character with flaws and you know just is trying to understand the world around them and it was great i loved it so i i can agree with to the point of i do think they could stand to spend slightly less time on jace i do want to Mm -hmm. see him develop as a character because i'm gonna be honest i'm rooting for the guy at this point you know i want you know i'm one of those people that believes in others getting better and you know not just being shadows of their former selves and you know constantly staying in just constant motion in the same place you know i want to see him get his ending and i want it to be at least somewhat decent i don't I'm going to be honest, I don't like these people that just go outright and attack Jace and say he's shitty and awful and this and that. It's like, that seems like you're just kind of writing it off a little together. And that's not to say you guys are those people. You guys have been Oh, I
2: absolutely (laughs) am that person, though. No, no, no. no, Matthews
0: torches and pitchforks over Jace. (laughs)
2: No, no, no. no. But, like,
1: you've given him his day in court, and you haven't made anything that isn't able to be backed up. But these people that are just like, oh, you know, Jace is the most... Printed planeswalker and it's like up until Ixalan, he wasn't. And you know, oh, they always touch on Jace. I'm like, well, they've also been touching on the 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 planes, yeah. the, you know, the the Gatewatch. So yes, Jace is part of that. You know, so I agree. We could stand a step away, but I just, I, I'm sorry, I'm never a person who likes people who just outright hate something and can't provide reasoning for it. So that's the that's the exact
0: inverse of the problem I have with you Matthew right. where he's providing reasoning and you're like, "Mm, you got a
2: point." And and I think this is a good this is a, a great discussion because we don't have to agree. Correct. You know, and I think that that's and and I I like that we have different perspectives. Um I just want to sort of say in closing and we should start wrapping yeah. up, but um for my last word and then anyone else can 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 throw in their last word. I I will say that it 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 made me a little bit happy because in in one in that story we've referenced a couple times, Nicol Bolas um, when he's destroying the plane, the gate watch, and he's is beating up on each one of these characters. I, I'll admit, I really, I, I wanted Jace to die in that scene. Um, I was disappointed he just flat out die. That ended his story. But, but I, I, what I loved was that Nicol Bolas says a couple of times to the Planeswalkers things like, "I am so bored with your antics," and like, "Jace, you really think you can outthink this? You're not the smartest in the room." I mean. And it and it, it it wasn't just that it was satisfying to me as a character, it's that I felt like there was one person in the writer's room who at least sort of understood the reason why not all, but some of the fans are really tired of these characters. And it felt like there was someone in the writer's room trying to throw a bone of saying, We are gonna keep telling the stories of these characters, but but you guys who who are not just like bored of these characters but really think they're problems we get that, and we're having Nicol Bolas at least be your voice for a little bit of one and story. What we, here,
1: here, here is your obligatory punch up of the characters. Here is all of the things that you have written about going. You wish you could do. Here is Nicol Bolas doing all of those for like five minutes. All right, we're going to go back to the actual story now.
0: Well, and mm-hmm. what? So, so my hope with this is that what we get as an outcome of the events of Hour of Devastation, where Nicol Bolas lays this the proverbial smackdown and the literal smackdown on the gatewatch is this development of each of the members of the gatewatch. They just had a a major experience in, in their lives uh, and they should grow from it. And it gives me hope that what the Ixalan story did with Jace was present to us a completely new Jace. And I I do think that it is interesting that the only way the writers felt they could do that was to literally format a or format C colon backslash Jace in order, (laughs) in order to do that. But um you know, we get we get a completely fresh take on him. He's he experiences a new plane with, you know, wide, effectively innocent eyes. Uh and what I'm hoping is that when he gets the sum total of his experiences back, he uses these new experiences and goes, Wait a minute. I think I was I think I was better when i was just using the my experiences in the environment to help form myself and he gets and then he grows and the character grows I, and that we see this happening with other members of the gatewatch who who sort of come into uh, a more evolved if you will version of themselves a more mature version of themselves so that when you get back together they can have their little powwow and you know maybe stand in a circle and and you know do an alcoholic anonymous thing saying like yes <laughs> i was a misunderstood planeswalker i i understand better now maybe not quite that hackneyed but <laughs> but i i would really like it if if they would if they would grow." Because I agree with you, Lee, that the most boring characters we get are the ones that start the story in a particular fashion and don't ever really change in any meaningful way by the end of it.
1: So the the comparison I have for that is... So there is a internet uh, video game reviewer who I was shown in college and still to this day kind of watch. It's uh, Yahtzee Kroshoff, Zero yep Zero Punctuation. Yep. Um, he, one of the points he makes is he... He doesn't mind shooters. However, he does regularly talk about how the arcs in a lot of them are basically: you start off as a meathead in power armor, and then you end the game as a meathead in power armor, only meathead in power armor, but with a slightly gravelier voice. And it's one of those: it's exactly that. It's we start as a meathead, we end up as a meathead, Mm -hmm. but we've been through something, but we haven't learned.
2: And yeah, and I, I think that's a great point. And I would just say, Jacob, to what you were saying, I, and this is kind of going back to our first point. I, I I would be interested in seeing each of these characters go through some of that growth. And also I think it would be a lot better if even if we keep these five characters as main characters, to have them not be the gatewatch means that we are going to get to learn so much more about these other cultures. Yeah. Because now not only – A, we just don't have as much time of the five of them talking to each other. We have each of them talking to the people in the new worlds they're experiencing. But also they never have the chance to say – Oh, wasn't that thing on this plane so weird to someone else who's also new to the plane? You know, everyone else they're experiencing is going to be from that plane, and I do think that that at least is going to really address this this issue of always seeing these other places as new and different and exotic. Yeah, and and just getting to see the story of whatever plane we go to in its own. Yes, light.
0: and we are we are getting that with with the story of Ixalan. Uh So there is less of that. Uh, people interfering with uh, the, the the gatewatch interfering with the plane because only one member is there, uh, and more of this right. like here's this here's this really interesting rich world, and is sort of just presented for for our our purview for for us to look at, uh, and I'm hoping that that's the direction these stories take that it's less colonialist less imperialistic, and more. Um, you know, our, our our characters, our heroes, when when they do form up as Gatewatch again and, and form uh, MTG Voltron, that it's against an another extra planar menace like the Eldrazi, like Bolas, uh, like the Phyrexians, uh, which are another they're, they're another entity. They're basically the Bork. Um,
2: they, they are. They're uh, literally uh, the board. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: not disagree.
2: We need, we need to wrap up. So let's not open a whole right, of right, right. worms here. Um,
0: but I guess, uh, so, so closing thoughts. Uh, and I'll start because I said the word closing thoughts. Um, the, the magic story, the watch in particular. We we talked about uh this this idea that they need a prime directive and i think that's so important i think it's important that when we are digesting these media even if we enjoy them if we enjoy the story we still call out the aspects that we think are problems that we say this was this was really interesting uh maybe you shouldn't glorify or maybe you shouldn't validate these characters interfering with with this pre-established culture in this way because it it there are uh, ideas that you could take away from that that are unhealthy, that we have already identified as a culture are our problems. So I hope that what we see going forward in the MTG story is a little more self-awareness in, in the magic story, in what we are presented and that we are presented as external observers and maybe get a bit of that uh, criticism in the narrative.
2: Good point. What about whatever you,
1: Lee? Cl- closing thoughts? Closing thoughts, Gatewatch needs prime directive. Um Jace, I like what you're doing. You've been a jerk in the past, but you're getting better. Please keep doing that. Also, please please go through other actual story arcs instead of just the core characters.
0: Or <laughs> are, are that's you that's my thoughts. Are, are you thinking that Jace and Vraska may might end up being an OTP? He does seem uh, to like I... black magic planeswalkers. <laughs> he has uh, a type.
1: Uh, uh... I am not able to comment on that at this time because there is a a member of my household that I don't know her current stance on that, and uh i will
0: I will follow up and <laughs> i think they uh, be are told what my opinion is I think they are adorable hey,
2: <laughs> to me a story if Raska accidentally turns him to stone in a moment of passion, I am so uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, anyway, so putting aside my my own as I said, yes i I have pretty strong feelings about jace, but I think it's 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 to me and i I hear where you guys are coming from i I get that we're getting better to me though. It's not just about him being a bad character. It's that I think he's a harmful character. It's that I think he is a character who perpetuates stereotypes that are, um, that are really dangerous in, in our geek world. And so that's, that, that's where I am so concerned about it. Now I know I'm very sensitive about it and he is getting a lot better. And that's, I think something that, that we can really have some hope for. Um, and I, and also to say, I think that's the most interesting thing in closing to say is that this is a podcast that, um, was created uh, we originally had this idea to do the podcast before this whole new Exolon storyline came out. Um, and so I think it's interesting that a lot of us have kind of shifted uh, pretty drastically from where we were when we were talking about starting this podcast to begin with. Um, and that's just an interesting way of seeing how these ideas are constantly changing, constantly growing. Um, so what about for you all? Um, for you Magic players and fans... Um, do you do you agree with us? Do you who are are our are, are, are obviously we didn't all agree with each other. Where do you fall on the gate watch? Where do you fall on Jace or some of the other planeswalkers? Are there things we missed? Um great things about any of these characters, terrible things about any of these characters you want us to hear us get into. Um for those of you who don't know the gate watch but have stuck through it, um, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, bearing bearing with us as our deep dive into our own particular favorite kind of geekery here. Um but where do you hear echoes of these stories in your other stories? Um, in, in Heinlein or in other things or in Star Trek or, or in other, other stories you love? Um, where have you seen times where these kind of hero team-ups have been really great stories or, or times where you've seen other worlds that need a prime directive? Um, where have you seen the, uh, the troubled Geek Boy be a, a powerful story or where have you seen it be troubling? Um, let us know. You can uh, find us on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, oh, and I don't forget... Um, if you think Malcolm Reynolds is Jace Beleren, definitely tell us. And if you don't, uh, please let us know. We should come up with clever
0: um, hashtags for that, like hashtag yes. Jace Reynolds and hashtag Never Jace Reynolds.
2: Yes, yes, I please, can get behind you will this. Follow those two Hashtag And Jace is J A C E hashtag Jace Reynolds or hashtag. Never I don't. Jace I think Reynolds.
0: if you need to know how to spell Jace, you probably aren't qualified to comment on whether or not he's Malcolm Reynolds. <laughs>
2: Oh come on! Didn't we say that the whole point? Does anyone see comments and anything? <laughs> okay, fair,
0: fair. You got me.
2: Um, n- no, but as Lee said, we actually should know that. But 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 again, for anyone who, whatever, just ideas this has brought up for you, let us know. Um, you can use those two hashtags. You can find us on Facebook or on Twitter at superhero ethics. Um, uh, please tell other people about this podcast. Share it with people who you think would be interested in the conversation more than anything, I think all three of us, um, Lee, I got to know you because we were playing a game of magic and we got into great conversations about this. And I think all of us love these conversations and we want to have it with more of you guys, the listeners. So please, please tweet at us. Please Facebook us. uh, You can email us. And more than anything, please keep listening. Please keep thinking about these stories for yourselves. Uh, So on behalf of myself, uh, Jacob and Lee, uh, thank you guys all for listening. Have a great day.
0: So Matthew, uh, I think it is possible for somebody to misconstrue a point you made earlier because uh what I think you might have said is that you would like jace better if he were stoned. Is that what you meant? <laughs>
2: no. I think I said I'd like him better if he was turned to stone. Yeah,
0: so he's so he's stoned, right? <laughs>